Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of a very timely uh, Robert Wise-directed feature. It's a techno-thriller Andromeda strain, uh, recorded one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. I'm Father David Mowry, a Roman Catholic priest from the Diocese of Joliet in Illinois. Joliet, the same place where Joliet Jack came from, so, you know, it's... <laughs> I'm on a mission from Gad. Yes, yes. They get get the trilby on and the, and the wraparound specs. You're set. <laughs> uh, and here we are talking about uh, blood clots and tying monkeys to steel tables and all just kind of great, great stuff going on in this this minute. Um, I uh, was this I, the movie that the American Humane Association came into existence because of? Because there are just <laughs> so many animals that are subjected to horrendous scientific trials throughout this film. I, I keep getting the feeling. I mean, it says that it, you know they get they have their little um, mark of approval on the back of the backside of this movie, and all I can oh, think of is there must have been Senate investigations after this. It's like, are you kidding? Look at what happened to the poor monkey. Um, <laughs> this monkey looks so sad on this table, and he's, he's and the monkey. I don't know if uh, it's a boy or a girl monkey, but the, he's being a very good monkey. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, just I guess it's like okay, take sick. He's a good, you know, he's a trooper. Mm -hmm. um, but he's uh, yeah, he's all strapped down they've got a they, they've got a, a, a gosh they've got a poor little a, a gigantic needle in his in his femoral artery and they're pumping what looks like uh milk of magnesia into his thigh <laughs> oh and he's masking tape too so at least it's maybe it doesn't stick too hard when they pull, peel it off Ooh, but, hopefully not uh, i had well, noticed about the masking tape oh you're right yeah and unfortunately he's going to have that on for the rest of his life um, what do you mean what do you no, mean well Jim? Not, not this minute but it's the, um i have a I did, this is another. This is one of those weird minutes that I have a personal um, connection to because when they're talking about scanning for iodine one thirty one, mm -hmm. as a man without a thyroid, I uh, I have I have sat underneath a uh, a magnetic nuclear scanner with uh, one iodine one thirty one pumping through my veins, and there is I wish that the magnet scanner was the size of that microphone shape thing that's hanging over the poor little monkey but it's actually like sitting under a bank vault it's it's like having a uh, a two-ton filing cabinet lowered to your nose and you have to sit still for 40 minutes while the thing hovers and uh, and examines you not, not for blood clots but just to find out where the where the iodine went so this is something different from uh, an mri yeah device yeah, yeah, this is a. It, it, it's not a. Uh, it's not actually giving out uh, X-rays or anything. It's it's scanning for uh, what. Well, the way that. By the way, let's let's go back to the beginning of this particular minute. Well, oh, fine. Where we'll do this in order. All um, fine. But well, we're we're watching uh, David. Uh, David Wayne. Um. Uh. What's the face? The, anyway, the other doctor. Uh. He's talking about how um Dutton. Uh, Charles Charles Dutton is explaining that they're going to examine the process of clotting, where the clot comes, and we see this gigantic fake. Um. It looks like a master's thesis about. Uh, urokinase uh, iodine-131 localization of acute intravascular thrombosis. So they're trying to find out what that boils down to is how can you spot where clots are happening in somebody's body? And this is all, everything you see there, uh, Michael Crichton was perfect at this. He was great at coming up with fake citations. So all those people, Jay Brunel, G. Hobby, and R. Green uh, from the Journal of Human Investigation 
There isn't a journal of human investigation. Uh, Brunzel, Hobby, and Green, I've seen one uh, reference to this, that these were buddies of Michael Crichton when he was a boy growing up. <laughs> just, huh. They're not doctors or anything. And he just explains, and this was in the novel, uh, he explains that uh, fibrin, uh, fibrin is a, uh, is a protein that is in your bloodstream and your body tells the fibrin to grab plate, blood platelets and stuff them in holes when uh, something is damaged. So that's, that's how your blood clots. Right. So fi- fibrin is kind of the uh, mesh that the platelets get stuck on. So what they're saying here is, is that iodine-131 will attach itself to fibrin and they can track they they can track that radioactive iodine because it's sending out gamma uh, gamma rays, uh, showing where it stopped, which you know that makes sense. I mean when okay. when when uh, it, the most common use on iodine, as I was saying before, is, is someone without a thyroid. Uh, hmm. After you have your thyroid taken out, they give you a dose of iodine one thirty one, which isn't destructive. It just emits gamma rays. Just and makes you all they, glowy. Yeah, yeah. It makes you know you 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 can you can uh, develop film in your hands. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so so what it, what it does is the iodine emits gamma rays, and they can find out where it is in your body. And what they do is they they do a scan of your uh, of your neck and your chest and and your legs to see if there's any iodine in your body. Because the only thing that really absorbs iodine is thyroid tissue. So hopefully you don't have any thyroid tissue because if you do, they already took out your thyroid, so it's not thyroid; it's some kind of cancer. Right. Um, so uh, when they scan for that, it takes a while. It takes about about thirty to forty minutes, and it's a big, a gigantic box. So <laughs> this this whole idea of you're going to scan for a couple of seconds and find a find blood clots. If I'm, I'm I don't know if iodine actually connects to fibrin. I have a feeling it doesn't. But uh, it, this monkey would be in a very, it would be underneath what would look like a, a, a commercial freezer. <laughs> it would mm. be pressing against his nose. So, but that doesn't. Look then the good monkey on might feet. be freaking out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold still, monkey. We're gonna lower this uh, big <laughs> this box big, over. Heavy you. weight. Yeah, just it's... over your nose. It's okay. It's fine. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> and I imagine because it's picking up the, the radiation, there's there's some kind of noise that device has to make yeah or, like geiger counter kind of thing i would think so hopefully oh, you know. boy but uh yeah i'm just uh and all i can hear is the uh you know the homer simpson stupid monkey <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think mark is being a bit of a stupid monkey in this yeah. moment i mean he's he's saying why well, I, I, of course i assumed that it was taken in th- by uh, by inhaling that's not likely it's absorbed through the skin. Like, yeah, okay, Mark, but you, know, you remember that we're all scientists here, right? So we got to, you know, be thorough and check our work because, God forbid, we make an assumption and we're wrong. We could all, you know, end up dead. Yeah, yeah. Do I trust the guy? Do I trust the guy that's running the computer and the magnet scanner, or the guy that's holding a tongue depressor? What's... <laughs> who is fighting a baby and losing? Hmm. Uh, who do I? Who do I pick? Uh... And he's got a key to a nuclear bomb. So... Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so we watch we watch this. I think this is the fourth animal death. I I'm, I've, I've been trying to I'm trying to keep count, but there's just so so much monkey uh, mouse carnage going on. This is this would be well. Right, we've not had yet. we've he, had we got a, a rat and a rhesus monkey, and yeah. then and we had a second rat, a second rat. Yeah, and then um, I think it's just uh, the three. Wait, so actually, far. Wait, was there was there another one? Was there was there a third mouse? Because I think it was. 
they first tested the mouse and then the mouse died and then they tried it with a filter and then the mouse didn't die until it got to two microns so that's three dead mice that, yeah you're right you're yeah, right three dead mice and so far one monkey and now just one very disturbed monkey uh, i should remember that i thought that uh rotary phone style filter setup was way cool <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's just I, I keep picturing that on, you know, like on a bar and being able to like order some Frappuccino or something. You can, you know, have it have it add in latte stuff and mm. foam. Or, but it's uh, someday. That's yeah, that's the future bring. I want to live in. Yeah. Rotary phone barista. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, what a great mon- that monkey didn't get a best supporting animal actor of, of that year. And I keep wondering, is that the same monkey that, you know, played the, the first dying monkey? I, I would think they'd have to film this part first because after he passed out in the in the previous minute, <laughs> he quit show business after that. That's forget yeah. that. Oh gosh. Um Now the it, one of the, one of the things that's really funny to me watching a movie from nineteen seventy one in the year twenty twenty is how the video conferencing always works perfectly in this movie <laughs> yeah. there is never a moment where you know dutton comes on and he just starts talking and someone else say no Dut- dutton you're on mute dutton <laughs> yes. no you have you have to unmute yourself yeah pointing at his ear you know and <laughs> i tapping. can't i can't Dutton, i can't hello <laughs> yeah it, that, that was that was probably the the thing that um that star wars got right with tk421 it just <laughs> It's like, Take over. got a bad transmitter. Yeah, exactly. And here we, you know, here we are. He he works. He he gets through without even like announcing himself. So apparently, you can pop in at anybody else's station. They don't have to answer. And it's like, oh hi. <laughs> well, not yeah. He pops in and he's not going to say something right. First, he checks in and he gets to watch Mark struggle with the baby for a little bit, and then get you know. Last uh, on Monday, we had that joke. Oh, you can tell you're a bachelor. What? Who? What? Who is that deep male voice? Did you, female nurse, say say those words in that deep male voice? That just yeah, shows and, how flustered Mark and, is. And meanwhile, Dutton has a uh, a monkey tied down to a table while he's going <laughs> to yeah, be sitting here trading quips. Uh, monkey's not going anywhere. We we can we can let him hang out for a bit. I just want to see how this thing goes with the baby. This is going to be hilarious. And the other the other thing that we didn't the other thing we didn't find out is that monkey's tied to the table and he's got all the tape wrapped around him. Remember, he didn't want um, Toby, the, the redheaded fellow. He didn't want Toby inside the lab while they were setting things up. So did oh. they do that whole thing with the monkey with the oh. giant robot claws, pulling him out of the cage and strapping him? I mean, that poor that, monkey. That couldn't have taken a, a short amount of time. That no. would be so meticulous. And, oh, man, I'm just imagining the hour they lost because the masking <laughs> tape somehow wrapped all the way around the claw and then they try, it was the whole sitcom moment where they get the other claw and then they'll, both of the claws are stuck together and they have yeah. to use some kind of butane torch in order to burn the tape off both of the claws so they can get at it again. The monkey has escaped into some corner. They got to wrangle it again. Uh, what yeah, I'm trying to say is I'm pitching the Andromeda Strain uh, sitcom yeah, uh, yeah. version of this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's going to kill yeah. him in 2020. I think the, the market is primed for this kind of entertainment. <laughs> It's there. It's just screaming Eddie Murphy, uh, lab tech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, and the thing is, the the other part that they forget is Reese's monkey. They're monkeys. They're not apes, so they have. Uh, they're not great apes. They don't. They have tails. Mm. So you see them with the arms and legs tied down, but I don't see anything wrapped around that tail. Uh, the, the, you know, and they they're prehensile, so the thing would probably just like reach up with its tail and rip that syringe out and go. I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> five five levels to the to the freedom. Uh, 
but yeah, it's uh oh gosh, this poor monkey. I just feel so bad. And uh, ho- hopefully, he had a nice life after this movie was over. Um, he went up went upstate to a farm where there are lots of other monkeys where he yeah, could run and play, like, run and play with all of his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, and I keep wondering. Well, that was 20th Century Fox, so maybe it could have been. Uh, uh, Fantastic Voyage, which I hope you've seen. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I keep thinking that's the same style of glass syringe that they used in uh, oh, in yeah. Fantastic Voyage when they were shipping the Proteus. So they could have had a crossover thing here where they had to go in and watch, you know, watch the monkey's blood clot and just shoot the Proteus in. But uh, I guess there could have been too many inter um, studio uh, legal problems. Uh, but I would I would watch that movie. 15 hours long but it would have been great but a great mini <laughs> a, a mini series maybe there you go there, there is the andromeda stream mini series with yeah. which was the crossover with fantastic voyage that everyone's been clamoring for <laughs> someday a boy can dream yes. yeah uh and we get this nice uh space invaders look toward the end there of uh five five little monkey block blocky looking monkeys and it's just very pinnacle like be... of computer graphics in 1971 yeah. <laughs> and split diopter too we get the, the beautiful use of Robert Wise's uh, split diopter lenses, we can see that uh, uh, David Wayne's ear is just as much in focus as the uh, the monitor screen uh, on the left hand side. There, mm. so, uh, yeah, I was I was wondering why does this movie remind me of Brian De, De Palma? Why do I keep thinking about De Palma throughout this movie? And yes. it was the just the little bit of fuzz in between the two focal points of this of the split diopter shot. Yeah, uh, it, where like here with Dutton, you've got the phone is all kind of out of focus, and you've got his head and the screen both in in crystal clear focus. Yeah, uh, Wise loves those deep deep focus things, mm-hmm. and, if, and I think you know the split diopter was not a cheap accessory for Panavision cameras back then in, in the seventies. So he must have just you know <laughs> we're going to use this all week, and I want every shot done with you know put somebody in close and put something else far away, and we're going to shoot it that way. Um, well, speaking but, of which, given the, the the budget of this movie, I mean, we have these huge sets and this very technical cinematography with the split diopter shot. Was this movie a tough sell to Universal? It uh, no, actually, it was uh, the uh, the the novel was a bestseller the year before '69. Oh, okay, uh, it was it was a bestseller, and this was like you know it was like making Valley of the Dolls or making. Um, uh, I'm trying to uh, Peyton Place. There were you know, although those are you know the pot boiler things, but mm-hmm. this this was one of the first big science fiction uh, mass market books that that showed up. I mean, and, and things huh. like th- this would be followed by by other big blockbusters like Carrie. The the movie Carrie came out right. about a year and a half after Carrie had hit the top, and and it it went through like everything from young adults to adults were reading it, so it had a broad appeal. Okay, and uh, so a lot of people going to see this, it was. Not a not a summer blockbuster it was released in I think April of seventy one, but it, it it carried itself through the summer and then into the into the following summer they they did it as a double feature they they tied in two Universal Pictures they tied uh, Andromeda Strain and Silent Running with Bruce Dern. Oh, Silent so, Running, uh, yeah. So lots of lots of hard science there, lots of mm-hmm. lots of just end of the world kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, lots of fun robot arms and things moving around. Yeah, I had, you know, until you had said that about the novel hitting the bestseller list in 1969, I hadn't connected the fact that this movie came out in 71 and the novel was written by Michael Crichton because Michael Crichton is inextricably bound up with Jurassic Park. Yes. In my mind, which is then enmeshed in, no, 
1990s. And so I think when Mike and Crichton was writing books, well, like in the 80s and early 90s, and wasn't around before that, but he's been writing books a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, and this opened a lot of doors for him. Following following Andromeda Strain, he had come out with another another book. And it's kind of weird, it's kind of weird explaining this from, from the past, but one of the one of the big things would be with a novel is not only if it made the bestseller list, but if you could get that bestseller converted into a Reader's Digest condensed books, Reader's Digest condensed books, a lot of people had subscriptions to that. And you get like four mm-hmm. or five books and you see them, they usually wind up at Ikea, you know, filling in the filling in the bookshelves so they have something there that isn't <laughs> Swedish. Uh, but, but these Reader's Digest condensed books were sent everywhere. Everybody in America had a subscription to them and they'd have like a, you know, a 200 page version of a, 500 page book so one of the things immediately after andromeda strain became a big hit the following year uh, or two years he had uh come out with a book called the terminal man and mm. the term the terminal man is about uh, a fellow who had um he had these epileptic seizures that would send him into a blind rage and he'd want to kill people and so oh uh, that's nice so, yeah yeah so what what he did was in he said it in a boston hospital and he looked at there was this idea that you could do deep vein uh, or not deep vein, uh, deep brain uh, stimulation of nerves and cancel out uh, epileptic uh, seizures by uh, by sending pleasure waves to a to a certain area. Huh. But the problem in the, and I don't want to spoil the movie. for The problem with that idea is, is that if you tell your brain that every time you have a seizure, that you're going to receive pleasure. Well, your brain's going to try to kick off more seizures. Oh, this so, is great. We'll just have seizures all the time. Yeah, so they create yeah, a... they, they the create a body Jack, is dumb sometimes. Yeah, they, they create a Jack the Ripper character <laughs> oh, because no. they shot him full of these things that are giving him, you know, hitting his pleasure centers and turning them into a psych. <laughs> but anyway, great. And that, of course, that one was pre-sold. They, they, they sold the book and immediately Universal picked it up and said, "I want we want to make that movie. And they made that movie. And then wow. they made C- Coma with... Um, uh, what you call it? Uh, Magnum was in that, and Genevieve Bouchard. So coma was about uh, putting people in artificial coma so that you could harvest their uh, organs and sell them on the open market. And yeah, and it, so Crichton really took off in the '70s, but he's kind of, like you said, he's he's kind of forgotten about because of the massive appeal in the '90s of Jurassic Park yeah. and its and its follow-on ilk. So uh, yeah, he, it's it's he had an amazing career. And uh, and this is where it all began. So I, I just uh, well, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it all worked out. And then ER and all that. You know, and gosh, George Clooney should you know get down on his hands and knees and different names. Thank God for sending Michael Crichton to his uh, career rescue. Mm-hmm. Ah, wow. Oh, um, let's see. Well, that that was the future. But here we are back in the back in the past of the '70s, watching them drop a dead mouse next to a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that poor the poor take of the monkey just sitting you know i i i'm assuming that it's it's a well-trained rhesus that they taught him you know if you do this i'll give you a banana pellet and um now how do you train a monkey to to stay still uh that's a lot of banana pellets that's a think. lot of banana pellets good <laughs> there's there's no I, I the language barrier there is so high yeah yeah he's not at like coco level of sign so mm. i just I would think that you know here we're gonna do this and and don't worry all the you know you can have a lollipop after this, so it's uh, uh maybe they, and, they would probably have to train it by tying it down for longer and longer periods of time, where yeah. they they bind it for you know a couple seconds then take it off give it a treat and they just keep lengthening the amount of time it has to stay tied up, and but I'm sure there's just a point of 
of where the monkey just starts freaking out. So you can only do that for so long. Yeah, and these are, from what I'm understanding on using rhesus monkeys, like most like most uh, monkeys or apes in movies, these are very young monkeys. Like, this monkey might be six months old to a year. It's a, it's a baby monkey, basically. Because no. when, when they get older, they, they, they get a lot wiser about, I'm not doing this, I know what's coming next. <laughs> you can't fool me. I've been around the monkey block once or twice. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's still the poor monkey. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, you think that they could just use, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in, on, on Friday, but... Uh, Oh gosh! Yeah, Did it's I... funny. It's funny the emotional response the monkey is able to elicit because I feel nothing for the rats. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, oh, well, it's a little distressing to see them suffer the effects of this terrible super disease. But you know, just the monkey being strapped down is enough for me to go, oh, oh no, the monkey. Mm. Yeah, and it's that um, anthropological kind of anthropomorphizing tendency that we have as human beings that things that look more like us, we are more emotionally invested in. Yeah, and, and, and mean, meanwhile, we walk through a whole town full of dead people. It's like, ah, eh, that's pretty yeah. bad. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the poor Coke bottles that spilled on the ground. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. But yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how much, I, I'm always fascinated by how much this telling of a fictional story, you're seeing something, nothing, nothing here is real. The monkey really isn't getting put to death. He's, right. He, he probably had a very happy life after this. But we see these things and it, it you it pulls such an emotion out of you it's just an amazing how much your nature can be manipulated by flickering images on a screen mm-hmm. um, and i think that's that's probably the best reason to, to examine a movie at this level of you know zapruder film detail <laughs> um, just just seeing how how it pulls you out of it so i'm 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 impressed um, well, anyway, uh, this is uh, this has been another fascinating minute, and we've got we've got one more to go with you. And I, I do appreciate that, and I do look forward in the springtime when you are going to be part of uh, you're actually hosting your own uh, series of of movies by minutes. So that'll that'll be something to uh, to listen to. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm making the transition from professional guest to amateur host, and who knows what might come of that. But uh, if you're interested in hearing from me before the spring, uh, feel free to check out my website, fatherdavidmowry.com. I keep uh, an archive there of all of my podcast appearances on these Movies by Minutes shows. So if you enjoyed hearing me blather on about uh, the emotional impact of a a tied-up rhesus monkey, well then, uh, I've got lots of other hours of content that involve no uh, animal harm in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Yeah, so you're you're the Norman Vincent Peale of uh, of movie exactitude. So it (laughs) (laughs) was... Wow. Again, anyway, thanks again for for being on, and we'll we'll, uh, finish up the week with, oh gosh, more monkey stuff. Uh, But anyway, please uh, join us here. uh, By the way, if you've missed any previous episodes, always available at the big site, andromedaminute.com. You know where where to reach us on social media. We are available on uh, FaceTime, or not FaceTime, I don't have FaceTime here, but uh, my face. One of those things, you know, please no Zoom. Oh, we've had enough Zoom this year. (laughs) Uh, I'm getting an unlisted Zoom. That's that's where, where I'm going with this. But uh, on Twitter at uh, Andromeda Minute and also on Facebook at uh, the Project Wildfire, which is the Andromeda Minute's listeners lounge. Uh, Anyway, we will see you here on Friday. In the meantime, please do those three things we always talk about. Stay six feet away from people. Wash your hands and wear a mask. Wear a nice mask. I, I, I have a really nice my, my wife made me a beautiful Star Trek mask that I'm very proud of. So wear, wear a mask. And hopefully we do these three things, we'll get through this plague very quickly. Anyway, we'll see you here as we finish out the week on Friday on the Andromeda Minute.
Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here. 